What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome to the f- Knife Talk <laughs> podcast <laughs> for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, and everybody else. I'm Jeff Fader, Fader Knives, with the great Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and the stalwart, unsinkable Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. How's everybody? You say unsinkable. I've You're flounder- unsinkable. I'm floundering in the water at the moment. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> don't, don't die, Jack. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty bad. Let Morocco. Let's start with Morocco. How are things? Uh, good. Uh, the week has been very, feels very productive. Um, got a bunch of knives sent out. I just finished up actually uh, a knife that I did kind of like a teaser on the pattern. I think today I'm going to post some pictures later of the finished thing. Um, but the mosaic did pattern. Did you come up with a name for that after? Because I know you were asking for a name for that. One. Yeah, I, I went with Fiddle Fern. That was kind of my goal. The customer was actually wanting something pattern, a pattern more fern-like, um, and I had done something that he liked, um, but he was wanting it a bit more dense, um, and so, so that's what I ended up going with. Um, but yeah, I got tons. I got a ton of really good, uh, really good uh, name. I guess name. Did you get a ton of choices? really bad names too? I, got, I also got a really bad, a lot of bad ones for <laughs> I sure. I was gonna ask the oh, same <laughs> one. <laughs> but, uh, the same thing. It's interesting. Just thinking of, um, just seeing the different names, I was like, oh, I don't see that for this pattern. But in my head, I could see a pattern that would have that name, and it m- gave me some ideas for some different pattern, pattern concepts. But anyways, um, I got that thing sent out, finished up. Looks, it was spick and span. And it was probably one of the, I think this is the new best handle finish I've ever achieved on a knife. Um, oh. It came out just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I also built a custom fit um, open back Saya that went along with that. And there are a little, there are a few bumps with that thing, but I finally got it tuned up and I didn't have to start over. Thank fucking God. Um, and, and so, yeah, got it all finished out and sent out the door. Um, other than that, it's just been kind of trying to get get let people know about the calendars and that the calendars are out. And um, we've been getting some emails like people saying, "Oh, is it too late to order the calendar?" It's not too late. Um, we just we're trying to encourage people if you want to get a calendar and you want it by the beginning of the year, you want to order it sooner than later. Now, now. Yeah. order it now. Um, although, but you know, we will be selling them also after the start of the year too. It's just calendars are a lot more handy when <laughs> when they're used for the entire year, uh, and as well as the um, the aprons. Trying to let people know about the aprons as well, and posting up some stuff and sharing other people's stuff out back out. People are starting to receive them and they're wearing them and using them and they're looking great in the aprons. And Jeff, thank you for for posting about the apron, helping share and support me in that way. And I really appreciate everybody who's. Everybody who's using them and a lot of every, there's been nothing but positive feedback, uh, which is really great. What I've been really loving is seeing how people are loading up 
like the chest pockets because like i said before there's like 14 pockets in the chest for various scribe tools and and pencils and pens and wrenches and whatever else you want to throw in there and I'm, it's been really interesting to see how people are loading those up and and really making use of the apron because I, I love seeing them being used it's not just a, a good looking thing it's the, again the idea was to make like basically a tool belt that covers your chest as well <laughs> yeah. um yeah. and yeah it's super it's super handy and it's fun to see people using it uh, but other than that it's just been a pretty straightforward week um, I actually have somebody coming to take a class with me um, soon. Oh. So I have a bit of cleaning to focus on this coming week. Um, but I'm also going to be doing some blade forging and some more knife making as well. Just kind of standard stuff. But And sheet rocking. I need, I'm going to be doing some sheet rocking maybe Sunday. That should be fun. <sighs> I'm not mudding or anything. I'm just putting the rock Welcome in. to my world at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm fine with it. I just I, I need the material and I, I'm the the hard part's been getting a hold of the land the landlord um he's he's been kind of um going through health stuff himself and so but i mean he i just talked to him today we're gonna get some sheetrock in here i'm gonna do do it all um i don't i don't need anybody's help i just i just need it up so i can get shelves on the wall and get shit off the floor because right now i have just stuff strewn across the shop and it's just because I, ha- I have nowhere to put it it's stuff that belongs here there's just nowhere to put it and it's drive me crazy yeah yeah jeff your signature series um they went out they were <sighs> sold they've been shipped they look awesome it was quite a week ladies mm. and gentlemen it was quite a week we uh it was interesting because it was something uh, we had been talking about on a couple um meetings before that I, and i just came up with the idea i was like look i'm just gonna knock out 10 10 knives for christmas on top of everything else and We'll, we'll give it a try. We'll see how it goes and encourage people to join the newsletter. And, and uh, Allison and Tony did a, just a ton of work behind the scenes and getting a newsletter up and figuring out, changing the website a little bit and, and figuring out how we're going to do it. And it was a lot of back office stuff. And I kind of just kept on chugling along and it was great. So, yeah, it was um, Tony named it. It was like I was kind of going with some different colors and and um i was really happy with it and we're going to use neptune it's called tony named it neptune sunrise and i love that name mm-hmm. and it's just like names to me are very important and uh, you know like bubblegum lift ticket and all that shit and i sculpture names like to me i, I met a i met a, a, a glass blower years ago and i, I might have mentioned it before and he's talked about how important naming things is is mm. and i really do believe that you know especially with sculpture or art or whatever naming is important so i really always love names and um so yeah so we came up with that name and then what we're going to do is that's going to be the signature series color lab color of 2022 so we're going to be doing a a a lot of drops including um different drops of different knives and people got the opportunity to buy a like um, a set and they'll be getting each piece through the year as i build them so it's almost like an advent calendar it was an idea that the guys, uh, Tony and Allison, had, and I really like it, and we, we, we're going to do a couple of those, and that was really good. The interesting thing is from, you know, from the knife-making standpoint is, you know, it was great. I mean, not, not having to, you know, getting them out the door and not having to, like, think, all right, now i got to make them was amazing. It was just, like, a little bit weird, to be honest. Usually it's, like, now the dread sets in, and I actually have to, like, make them. But this was, like, all ten went out fast, and, and it was great. 
the interesting thing was is we came up with this idea and I know that a lot of people what they'll do is they'll open it they'll put it on their website and they'll announce it at whatever nine o'clock a.m. it's up on the website what we decided that we were gonna try to do is we were gonna try to put a link in the newsletter so mm. it would make it more exclusive to newsletter people so which was great and we kind of ch beta checked it and everything was fine so nine o'clock in the well eight o'clock in the morning allison's texting me just like i'm you know the day we're going to put it out she's losing her i mean she's like nauseous she's like i don't know what's gonna happen i hope i didn't really? fuck up <laughs> i she was like she was saying i'm really kind of sick to my stomach and i'm like it'll be fine don't worry we're, we're it'll be fine and she's like, I hope I put the names in right. I hope I put the name. You know, she's been doing the newsletter, you know, in, in, all that, whatever. So all of a sudden, 9 o'clock rolls around, and I didn't get the email. 901, 902, 903. And 903, I sent a message to Allison. I was like, did you get the email? And she's just, just, just throwing up, just nauseous. Oh, so we what, were What noticing, service are you using for the emails? Is well, it we were, Squarespace's own thing? Or? We were using uh, this suite that we that they, they like. So the, okay. I'm not going to name the names. but So what happened was some of the people were not getting the newsletter. They were getting, there was, the newsletter was getting sent out in waves. Yeah. So, so people weren't getting them exactly at 9 a.m. And we did some research, and Allison did some research, and and because uh, people were sending me messages like I haven't got the email yet. Eh? We also gave the opportunity to pre-order them. So like if you didn't get the part of this ten, you can get some, and it'll be in a couple months. The new ones will be out. So it turns out that the, the service we had, we sent them a message, and they wrote us this fucking long email on why how they send stuff out, and well, when a customer puts out. A lot of newsletters, we, we get suspicious, so we kind of like, yeah. you know, go through them and send them out in 15-minute waves. And we're just like, fuck you. The they fuck? just kind of like, it was like, it wasn't yeah, it's, quite, it's quite normal for any, time, any service to do that, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, 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 it's quite normal for most Craig, is that right? It is right. Can you hear All right, me? well, we now know, so we're not going to, we're going to be not putting the link into the newsletter anymore. We just have to, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because the difference between the, the people who buy knives from me on Instagram versus not Instagram who use the newsletter. I got people on newsletter. When I put stuff on the newsletter, they buy. It is mm -hmm. totally different. I don't know how yeah. you kind of like put them all together. So, yeah, that's weird because I feel like when we send out our MailChimp, the, it goes out to everybody all at once. And we start getting data on immediately as to who's opening and, and who's seeing them and whatnot. Well, yeah, I, it's quite technical, but the way they'll... Yeah. I mean, it goes, they go out in batches separately, but they may be synced in time via different servers and stuff. But uh, it yeah, it's quite like, normal. It's quite normal. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to reinvestigate that and realize that maybe that's not the best way to do it or find some service that... You know, sends it out one way, fine, fine. So, but the if, weird thing was, is everything went out fine, and as soon as I went back from the went back from the uh, the for the mailbox, I went right back to work. There was no patting yourself on the back at all. So uh, I'm back in the Christmas frenzy. But I do have a I do have a funny story that irritated the shit out of me, which will uh, hopefully irritate. If I'm irritated, it's 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 good for you guys. So a number of months ago, this organization that, I'm, that I deal with asked me if I would do this video and they're doing this series of videos for their whatever of unflat the unromantic side of the life of a craftsperson 
So I said, you want unromantic? Come to the shop. No problem. Like, the shop was a fucking wreck. I looked like shit. I had, like, I was, and then they filmed me, you know, and I actually was, like, hand sanding. And I was saying, you know, people think it's so much fun. And, da, da, da. and I cut myself accidentally on film, which they kept in. So they made this whole thing. And I'm like, hey, you don't know what these fucking people think that the knife making is. It was like, you know, I said, you want unromantic? I'm going to give you unromantic. So I got in this. They sent me a message. Saying, wow, we got the video. The video is great. Can we do a Zoom call to talk to you about it? I'm like, what do you have to talk to me about? So I got on a Zoom call, and they f showed me the video. And it's funny. It's like two minutes, three minutes. It's funny. It's funny. And then they started asking me questions like, how do you, how do you see yourself using this video? I'm like, how do you? I don't know. I'll throw it on my stories, put it in my highlight. I don't know. Do you think that you'd be interested in paying for more video content? Paying. <laughs> to paying for more video content. It's, there you I go. Paying for more video. Absolutely not. No. I said, this is not. Well, you know, we do content creation. I'm like, hey, listen. Listen. I don't mean to do that. I don't mean to be an asshole. You did their content creation. Check my fucking numbers, bitch. I mean, it was like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you ain't doing nothing. And I just turned to him and I, I was, I was, I didn't say bitch but i but i did say to him like look you guys don't do any promotion for me you're yeah. you don't do zero you do zero why would i pay for you to do promotion why would i pay for you to make videos for me and then and they started talking kind of like corporate speak oh yeah oh, oh yeah oh, oh thank that's very interesting very okay okay you know all like you'll put a pin in it and we'll blue light it and all that bullshit look back at you later oh dude there was like he's like and then they said do you have anybody you think that would be interested in having video content made and i'm uh. thinking Oh, yeah, that's just what I need. I need to have my name attached to a fucking call list. And I'm like, and I said to her, no, I don't. And she goes, okay, that's very helpful. And I was just like, no, it wasn't helpful at all. I don't want it. I don't, I'm not paying you. You guys don't. You. And it was hilarious because I just started getting really irritated. And I was like, I get volatile in those situations. So I had to like hold back a little bit because the, owners of the, the owner of the company is a friend of mine. But I got fucking hustled, guys. So, so what's happening with that video now? Where, where will it be? I'll put it up at some point when it comes out. I mean, they did a great. I mean, I'm making light of it, and they did a good job. And, and but it was like, <laughs> you know, I ain't paying. That's for sure. The, the, you know, I. The I mean, drug dealers. That wasn't of, the part of the plan. Drug dealers so. of video content. They give you a little. No, they, these are fine. And then they make I you make, pay for more. I'm making. I'm making light of it. Uh, I'm making light of it. Here's the interesting thing. For a lot of you know what you want to call yourself a content creator or not, is you're far more interesting than a lot of these these companies seem to think they need to make you be. Like you are, you do probably do more than they they ex, you know expect they'll be able to do anyway. Yeah. But it was like the owner the owner of the company is, is a good dude, a friend of mine, and you know his his lackeys were just like you know I think they were just. I don't know. Trying to get like some brownie points with the boss. Saying, hey, Fader's gonna trying, pay. Trying to do business. Fader's not gonna pay. Don't worry. I'll, yeah. I'll call. I'll call my friend later and be like, "How come you like? How come you you and you sending your your little rats after me? What's going on?" But <laughs> fine. I shouldn't make jokes, but I'll use it at some point probably. Yeah. How, Craig, are you okay? You've had a long. Uh, you've had a long week. A long, long week. So I've got. It's nine p.m. here. Um, and I've got out of bed to do this. That's how bad this week is. Um, oh, yeah. I've just been sick. But it feels like forever. And um, we moved out of our house on, I think it was Tuesday. It was Wednesday, it was. Um, and it was a huge build-up to that, to get everything out of the house and all the rest of it. 
and um, woke up the next day and just feeling like shit again. And it's just got worse and worse and worse. So, yeah, I'm just in, in a bad way. Um, and on top of that, um, we had some other news today in the family with uh, somebody else falling sick quite badly and just being like, ugh. It's just been a terrible, terrible week, but today's specifically a terrible day. But, um, yeah, anyway. So, I've had to move out of our our house and um, we're currently in a in a rental house opposite our new house while work is being done and when I say work is being done we have like nine people on site today different tradesmen all doing their bit and it's, it's just crazy absolutely crazy um but what I had to do is move my stuff obviously out of my workshop and I had to set up a temporary workshop it's probably going to be mm, six to eight weeks before my workshop is fully ready where I can move all my stuff in set everything up so I thought maybe you could chat about, we could chat about the minimum required. Because uh, there's lots of, lots of listeners who maybe just be starting um, or, you know, they're, they're considering starting to make knives. So the minimum required. So I'll tell you what I've done. I've set up a table in the basement of this house. It's just one, like, office desk, Ikea desk, which is bolted down so it's not going anywhere, um, with a... Well, I've got, I've got three things on there and see if you guys can guess the minimum requirement that uh, my particular usage would be. Okay, even heat kiln, I'd say. Yeah. Kiln. Uh, uh, well, actually not. Um, because the way I work, I w- the way I work in batches with my restaurant orders is I have a lot already done um, with regards to um, heat treated. Um, so I've got, I've got a couple of hundred heat treated blades ready to go. So, you know, that was prepped before moving. Um, so, so it's quite simple. So I've got a really simple setup at the moment of a grinder, a drill press, and a buffer. That's all I've got access to for the next sort of six to eight weeks. Yeah, um, yeah and I think I'll be fine. I said I've got I've got loads of loads of blades now already heat treated, um, ready for grinding. So I think I'm going to be good. But it's it's weird to just go down to the basement and see this like IKEA desk with these three three machines <laughs> on it. It's like Ugh. that's it. You know, coming from my workshop, which was loaded to the rafters with you know, mainly stuff I didn't need. Um, but yeah, it's 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 quite strange. It's quite strange. But um, sure. I haven't actually <laughs> been able to use any of it yet because I've been in bed all day. But uh, what uh, do you think the sickness is? I I'm pretty sure that my um, immune system is just shot, as probably most people's are at the moment, um, because they're you know we've had you know two years of not really mixing you know in big sort of social occasions. Not you know we're not picking up these little bugs and stuff, are we? So when we so now, the kids have started school. They're bringing home everything, um, and they're getting sick for like a day or two. But you know, not bad. They're getting a little sniffle, a little cough. You know, they still continue going to school, um, but it's just affecting me hugely. And I've gone from one thing to the next for the last, I'd say maybe two months. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and my wife too. And you know, we were we were talking earlier saying, you know, I can't remember when one of us wasn't sick. Really can't remember over the, over the last few months, and it's just like. But um, yeah, today's been particularly, uh, particularly nasty. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where I am. So yeah, minimum, um, minimum setup of a workshop, um, and it'll be interesting to see how that maybe changes the way I work a bit as well. So yeah. Sure. Well, how was your? How was your? You uh, performed on last Friday. How did the performance go? Oh. (laughs) I was feeling sick as a dog. Um, There was there were three bands on, and we were. headlining if you like we were going on last we were like the like the main lineup i suppose um and whilst the other two bands are on i had like an inhaler with me like a steam inhaler 
I'm doing that and I'm taking like lots of pills and I'm I'm just like, oh please, just let me get through it. And it went once. To be honest, once once you're on stage and you start, you know that that's all you're thinking of. You don't think of anything else. So you, uh, you know we just got through it. But um, it was fine. It was good. It was a crazy place. It was literally in the middle of nowhere on the side of the road, and it was just full of bikers. And it looked like a like a set from like a like a like a Nashville dive bar. You know, I was expecting a net to come down over the stage to stop the the bottles being thrown at us. It was a really Funny. crazy place. But the people were they were lovely. They were lovely. <coughs> Excuse me. We the first band were meant to go on at eight o'clock, eight p.m. And um, it was twenty past eight, and um, you know the owner was just milling around. You know, he hadn't told us anybody to start yet because I was doing the sound for the three bands as well, and. Um, about 20 past, he comes up to us and said, right then, guys, um, your food will be ready in 10 minutes. I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> so then you see they put all these tables together, big white tablecloth comes off, um, and they gave us like three-course dinner, like 20 minutes after we were meant to start. So the first band didn't go on until about 9.30. Um, we didn't leave the place till 3 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was just like, oh my God. and it was it was busy there as well. You know, as, even at 3 a.m., it was still busy. It was a crazy, it was, it was the best gig we've, you know, the best um, show we've done in the best What did they serve you? Uh, so, <laughs> so we had like a charcuterie board to start with, with like pickles and different meats and all that kind of stuff, breads and all that. And then we had a cockle bar um, with, with like loads of French fries too. So this is all heavy shit as well. <laughs> then they come up with a cheese board, which was like the size of, well, it was just every conceivable cheese you could think of. Um, loads of carafes of wine and stuff. And it was just like, geez, I thought maybe doing a show here, you know? It was yeah, it was it was crazy, but that's that's, that's just crazy. typical France, you know. They you know everything stops for food, and if we're late, well, never mind, you know. Crazy, but yeah, it was a really good show. Really enjoyed it. So um, we don't have another show now until the nineteenth of December, where I'm turning on the Christmas lights. <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds, uh, so the Christmas lights of the village that I've just moved from, place called Pesac. Um, they've invited us, us to go we're playing um, and then we're turning on the Christmas lights and then there's uh, fireworks and all that shit going on so it's crazy absolutely crazy wow anyway wow, wow. shall we I mean we meant oh, <laughs> in a small <laughs> town yeah <laughs> Uh, we mentioned minimum requirements um, and I think what everybody's going to need is Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available to find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. Hello. Sorry, I was on mute. I was sneezing. <laughs> you know, we can get we can get you a discount on that too. If you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, um, we'll get you we get your money off, and we'll get you free shipping in the US as well because that'll take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a uh, distributor of Even Heat. So spec out the machine exactly how you want it. They'll deal with everything for you and get it shipped to you with a discount and with free shipping. So why wouldn't you do that? Okay, shall we do some questions from well, the filthy public? Do you think we could do a little listener feedback beforehand? Yeah, sure. I got some good listener feedback. Only if it's good listener feedback. All right, I'll get rid of the bad ones then. So um, if you want to interact with the show, definitely on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. You can DM us your questions. You can your dilemmas or your listener feedback or also uh, your beefs. We're going to talk about beefs later. But um, Nutz Connie Hansen writes, "Thanks for a, a lot for what you guys do. 
the relief from the last show made me laugh so hard that a woman stopped me when I walked the dog and asked me if I was all right. I love you guys. <laughs> people seem to like the uh, people like the uh, role playing. The role playing. Do you know what's been lovely to see this week? Um, Spotify did their annual sort of look back thing where people, you know, people get to see what they've been listening to this year and how many minutes and all that kind of thing. Seen the amount of people who've tagged us um, with Knife Talk on, in their top 10 of things they listen to on Spotify. And you can see the amount of minutes they've listened to us, wasted listening to us. And so on. It's, it's mad. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, we were, we're destroying it. We're destroying it. We're destroying people, basically. <laughs> So uh, Old Mate and Sasso right, wrote, the comment about the levels today, people were, I guess Tom, the, the hand king, said that the, we sound quiet in the, in the headphones when they're working. And we got a couple of people piped up. Uh, so Old Mate and Sasso said, the comments about the levels today was spot on. KTP is always quieter than other podcasts, including pro-produced ones. I take, I resent that comment part um, <laughs> that I listened to. Uh, I've noticed ads being louder than the spoken segments previously, uh, but that has improved. The mastering house should be normalizing levels of breathing. <laughs> Compression seems fine. I haven't noticed widely different dynamics. Blah, 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 blah. I definitely encourage you to A slash B it alongside. Craig does a great job all the same. So there was a couple people who who, uh, who wrote up saying that. I personally, I think it has to do with what they're listening through. Like if they're not, I think that, because I listen to it on iTunes, and I've never heard, I've never had a problem. But yeah, look, well, I mean, basically, any service people listen to will have their own sort of master room way. So when the file goes to them, they'll all be normalized and mastered specifically for that channel. So I do things specifically for Spotify. Then that file then goes off to all the other, you know, Google Podcasts and iTunes, all the rest, and they, you know, automatically, machine does what needs to be done to them. Um, but we're doing the maximum we can without it being clipping and without it you know, distorting like that, you know. So it's you know we're doing what we can. Hopefully it sounds good. I don't see. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, yeah. they're not bitching about the content, which is I mean, that's ultimately better, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And then uh, this is a nice one from uh, listener Dustin Sheffield. He's sent in a number in the time. He says, Dear Life-Changing Podcast. That's right. If it wasn't for you guys saying to join local groups, I wouldn't have gotten involved with the Blue Mountain Blacksmith Guild. If I hadn't done that, the leader wouldn't have uh, been able to recommend me for a fabrication slash blacksmithing job. So thank you, especially Jeff. I kept hearing you say a lot of these knife makers haven't worked in metal shop productions, and it shows. So now I'm in the Black Boogie Right Angle Grinder Club and loving it. <laughs> so we've ch- we're changing lives, ladies and germs. Good to hear. Good to changing hear. lives. And I one last, now that um, uh, Thanksgiving, we were talking about Thanksgiving cooking. I have one mess, a story from Mark LeBlanc. He had a story that he had to tell, and he says, 
Um, in 2008, my first Christmas with my now second wife, it was my turn to receive the family for a Christmas dinner, 22 people in all. I decided to impress anyone, everyone by cooking a turkey in a garbage pail. Oh. It's a method where you put a spike in the ground, place the turkey on it, potatoes around the bottom. You put the metal trash can over the whole thing and make a fire around the can. Usually two to three hours is enough to cook the turkey. The morning of the dinner, it was negative um, 30 degrees outside, so I thought it would be take a longer to cook. So after six hours uh, of maybe too much fire, I lifted the can. All 22 people uh, standing around waiting to see the super uh, whatever um, what would emerge from this strange method. The fucking bird was gone. Burnt Phoenix to a small from the piece flames. Of, <laughs> <laughs> the small bird was gone, but to a small charcoal turkey. And 10 pounds of uh, potatoes wrapped in aluminum foil were now empty balls of aluminum foil. Imagine the look on everyone's faces oh as I God. shit my pants. Six hours. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking lifted. He lifted the can, and there's nothing there. He cooked it all to, a sh to smithereens. Surely, even if it's cold outside, the, the, a flame is a flame. It's going to be the I same know, temperature. the fuck do I know about cooking in a garbage can? I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, and I've last but not least, last but not least, James Lang says, listening to the latest, listen to the latest episode, a thousand percent need more role-playing in future episodes. So... We should try our best, go. as we always do. Yeah. Okay, let's do some questions then. Um, this first one is from Tim Fisher, uh, and again on Instagram. And as Jeff said, um, you can contact us via uh, DMs on Instagram, and we are Knife Talk Podcast, I believe. Tim Fisher says, Hey, I wondered if I could ask a question on the show. I recently finished a chef's knife, then realized when testing that I left it a little thick behind the cutting edge. It's fine for onions and soft things, but it wedges when cutting carrots. Do you think it's worth trying to thin it out uh, more from here? And if so, how would you do it safely since it's already been fully sharpened? Could I use a Tomex-style grinder or even whetstones if there's not a safe way to use the 2x72? Or do I just chalk this one down to experience? Um, so he's finished the knife, he's sharpened it, and then he's realized that um, maybe the, the geometry isn't quite right, it's still a bit thick. Um, what will you guys do? Uh, Morocco, what, what's your suggestion there? I have definitely come up against this. Um, and ideally, I want to try to catch it sooner than later, um, which means before, um, before I start hand sanding uh, and doing any of the finished etching and any stuff, uh, I get in there with calipers at the very least, uh, if not taking the knife home and cutting with it to get a feel for it. And then if at that point it needs more taken off, then I'll do that. But if I've gone beyond that and then I real or actually even actually, I had just did this recently. I had a friend um, who I sold a knife to a long time ago and he had sharpened it over time and he wanted me to kind of clean it up and refurbish it a little bit. And part of that was um, thinning out the, the knife. And because it was super thick, because uh, he had done a lot of his own hand sharpening and, and brought it up uh, from the thin geometry it originally was up into the thicker cross section. Um, and so that is, it came to me sharp. And so the first thing I did was rip the edge off. And when I say rip the edge off, basically I'm just rubbing it on some 220 sandpaper. And that's enough to dull it that it's not going to cut you. Um, and I just rub it right onto the sandpaper. And then at that point, I feel pretty safe. Um, handling the knife and grinding it and everything the way I normally would. 
Um, and yeah. so then I just got it back on the machine and started grinding away as I normally would and thinned it out and then um, got back in there. Hand, uh, or actually, you know, I actually did cut some stuff with it. And then I, as long as I felt good, which I did, then I move on and finish out the, the knife the rest of the way. So my biggest thing was if, if you get to the point after the knife is already sharpened, I would just take the edge off. I'm, I actually, even after hand sanding, sometimes there's a little bit of an edge on a knife and I'll immediately take that off because the sharpening is actually the very last thing I do. And I do not need to accidentally cut myself somewhere along the way, getting the knife to that finished point. And so, um, sometimes I'll, I'll take the edge off three, four times throughout the making process. Um, because I'm always just like pushing that geometry to, to where it's, basically a cutting edge um and then you know pull it back continue working and then yeah so i think just pull it off pull off that cutting edge do what you need to do to thin it back out and then uh refinish it and sharpen it yeah i find um if you've got any scotch bright belts um i find whereas i'm normally grinding sort of edge up if you put the the spine up so the um so it's not coming towards the the, you know the cutting point and just sort of roll that edge along there. It dulls it super, super fast. Um, and you can get back to, you know, um, sorting out that geometry again. But, um, mm. yeah, definitely dull it first. Um, you don't want to be using, you know, a really sharp blade um, with any sort of grinder, I suppose. Uh, Jeff, um, any suggestions there? Well, it's the, I think the, the, the idea of trying to preserve the edge while working on it, it's just a, it's a, it's a not really going to be to your benefit, even if you didn't hurt yourself. It's just like it's never you're gonna always lose a little bit, um, but I mean I've used I've done that with uh, actually because the the broadback has a long platen I've used it I've used it going down the edge so that the heel is at the top and the and the point is at the bottom and I'm able to kind of go side to side yeah. and then I can kind of thin it down that way but yeah I just I wouldn't I would what you guys were saying take a doll doll it down work rework it and there's no point in, no, yeah, no point in trying to save the edge. It's, you know, yeah. you'll get it. You'll you'll figure it out. Well, and I'm uh, just to back up to what I was saying. I, when I'm saying rip the edge off, I'm not saying take a ton of material off. Just the bare minimum you need to take off to to dull it. And usually yeah. that's like maybe five thousandths of an inch. And so, I think if he's concerned that he's going to lose a bunch of like heel height or edge material, I think that's that's not the reality um it doesn't take much to dole a knife um especially when you're <laughs> rubbing it against sandpaper so um make it safe for yourself honestly i mean that would be my advice biggest thing is be safe cool. Cool. Oh. um who wants to take the next question i, I can take it uh, if i can find it shoot where is it okay there we go <laughs> this one's from etb cutlery uh, he says, my question is in regards to steak knives. We spend our entire time making chef's knives that we hope uh, to only ever be used on a proper plastic or quality uh, cutting or quality wood cutting board. How does the, uh, does the technique for edge geometry need to change when making a steak knife that will be scraped along a plate and used heavily? Should I uh, not sharpen them and just grind to a fine edge? Um, would love some input before I start my first set of steak knives. 
you definitely want to sharpen them. Um, definitely. Ground to a ground to a fine edge, it would actually it's going to be a lot more delicate because you know, you've got no sort of support behind their edge. So yeah, you definitely what you want to sharpen them. Um, and I mean, most of my steak knives are going to restaurants. Um, so it's it's just sort of educating them really. So um, I tell them to get ceramic hones and just a quick couple of whips of them each time before they put them away each evening. Or if they do or not, I don't know. Um, but I, you know, if you're using a steak knife, it's not like you you know you're not battening through you know big logs of wood. Um, you know they're cutting through steaks. Um, so you you should be good. I mean. Yeah, just just make sure that they're, they're honed regularly, and uh, you know I've never had an issue myself, and I supply to you know countless restaurants really. But yeah, you definitely definitely do want to put an edge on it rather than just grinding down to that super super fine edge because that would be way too delicate. Yeah, you know, I mean <laughs> it's it's you're also you know cutting steaks and stuff like that is not as uh, rough that. You don't have to go bananas. And the other thing is, is sometimes I don't. I've I've kind of stopped making sure that the edge goes all the way to the end of the knife, because you're when you're holding a steak knife, you're never going to get that heel of the steak knife to touch anywhere. Yeah. So you don't. That part doesn't have to be a razor blade. Um. But I don't. You know. I don't go crazy. And I also don't. I don't. I sh- when I sharpen them, I sharpen them to like 400 grit. 400 grit and then a little, bit, a little bit of buff because you do want a little bit of tooth. It doesn't need to be a, a mere finish uh, razor because you do kind of want in those micro serrations to kind of help you cut through whatever you're cutting through. It'll help. Mm-hmm. And then you're, they are going to be dulled when you hit that plate. But you'd be surprised. I don't think that there's as much – there's not as much use um, when you're using a steak knife. Not an edge use. Not a, as much abuse as you think. Well, do you think he's maybe concerned? I mean, obviously he said, like, coming into contact with ceramic plates, but do you think he's concerned about bone, too? I mean, it's cutting through. I mean, I thought you were supposed to, like, cut around the bone. Well, I mean, I, I feel like even when you are cutting around the bone, you still come into contact with the bone a bit, trying to cut the meat off. Um, so, I don't know. That's why I was just asking. I was trying uh, to figure out a, bo- a bone joke. A bone joke, me too. We were both. Silence was Craig and I trying to figure out a good, uh, you know, a bone joke. Well, I was trying to set you guys up. I um, know. We fucking sucked. <laughs> we sucked at it. Come I on, think Craig. I, I 100% agree, though, that you definitely got to sharpen them. Just being super thin is not going to be enough. And um i don't know if it's not clear if these are for personal use or if they're going out to somebody else but i think you also got to educate those people that because they're cutting on a surface they're going to want to if they don't already have like craig said like a ceramic cone or even a simple stone um to to hit the the knives against to put a, a fresh edge on um it, they are going to dull really fast and they're probably going to come back at you and be like what the fuck i just spent all this money on these steak knives and they're already dull and it's like yeah no shit so you got to spend a little time educating them. Yeah, and whether yeah. they take those into account or not, that's, you know, you've done that's your due diligence, I suppose. Yeah. I once talked to Jimmy about, Jimmy DiResta, about those, those, t- those times. That's so right. Fancy. I got the fucking direct, no- I got the hotline. I got the hotline. The red and, phone. Um, <laughs> pardon me? The red phone. 
I got the I got the number. I can, we call him right now if you want to put him on the line. He's oh, sure. he on five podcasts at this time at, around now. <laughs> but um, because he had one of those little stones that does the 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 tiny, the tiny serrations. It's like a, it'll give you like, you know, two inches of serration, and you can buy them. They're hard to find, but um, like you just gotta bump it up against one. I, I think they're like diamond. They're like shaped. And then you just bump your knife up, and you can do like an inch or two of tiny serrations. They're kind of hard to find, and at they're once. not cheap. So it does a bunch of serrations at once as you're growing. Right, like an inch oh, or wow. two. Like they have them. It's, it was hard to find, and he said he found one once. And I, I know he used them for like I think his, his little knives. And I thought it, that would be kind of cool if you could have. But the problem is is, is if you don't, have a, you don't have a straight steak knife and then you wanted to do – if you wanted to do the, you know, like a one-stop bump on the serrations, you can't really do it evenly if you have a curved front belly of the knife. Right. You know what I mean? I'm getting too yeah. – what is it, steak knife talk? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I do think serrations, though, would be, even though, like, I don't know. I think peop, a lot of people kind of don't like serrations on steak knives, but honestly, because of the, the function of them coming into contact with ceramic plates – Quite often, uh, serrations where, like Jeff was saying, you're not, you don't need them back by the heel, but out towards the tip more, um, where the knife is more in contact with the plate. I think it would honestly really make good sense to have serrations out there. There's there's two schools of thought in the restaurant biz. Okay. One is they don't want to sharpen shit, and number two, they don't want to ruin their plates. So because a lot of places like you know they'll get their plates made. Like it's not just like you know run down to like the, I see. you know so there's the it's it that's the, the the delicate part and the other thing is a lot of places sorry Craig I mean in the United States at least is people walk with them mm-hmm. so like there I've had conversations with restaurant people about how you prevent people from stealing them and it was like they were just trying to figure out some restaurant I know what they do is they'll 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 collect all the steak knives before they give you the bill you know. So they count, like, behind the scenes. They know how many steak knives are on the table. True. But people fucking steal shit, dude. Jeez. They walk with that stuff. That's a big problem. And then what? all of a sudden, when I got to call Craig Lockwood up and say, hey, get out of bed and make me a couple more steak knives. <laughs> we need another two dozen. Fine with me. Yeah. yeah. These, no, these fucking thieves, they're, they're the worst. I, when I was a kid, I hate to say it, I used to steal napkins from restaurants. Like the cloth napkins? Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I thought I wanted, like, a collection. Weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a stupid it was so stupid because i didn't even put him in the wash because i was so afraid my mom was going to catch me so i had like 10 or 15 <laughs> disgusting <laughs> disgusting napkins no football like cards a, or pokemon or anything it was just no, dirty were just napkins like, and i couldn't tell where they were you couldn't tell where they're from <laughs> They were like a white one and then a fucking red one. And, and it's just like this pile of fucking dirty laundry. I don't know what I'm – and all of a sudden I'm looking at it all. I'm like, you dummy, you're just bringing laundry home and you're not going to clean it. What are you doing? I should have still uh, fucking You didn't show knives. it to anybody? I was so embarrassed. Who, who are you going to show it to? It's so embarrassing. It's the most embarrassing, stupid – I mean, I had this like bolt of lightning thought of like, what are you doing? What is the end result? What is the end sure. game of this? What are you going to open up your own restaurant with like fucking <laughs> like <stulter> napkins <laughs> all mix and match? It's ridiculous. Oh. Right. Let me tell you this a sec. Combat <laughs> Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. 
Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Areko, do you want to take the next one from um, yeah. I think Snake More? Sorry, Snare More. <laughs> Snare More. Uh, this one is from Snare More. It says, uh, Good day, you handsome bastards. I have a question for you. Uh, what do you reckon are the best knife-making classes available in the U.S.? I often hear you mention the New England School of Metalwork. Uh, do you have any suggestions on the West Coast? I'm interested in both forging and stock removal and really want to get um, some in-person instruction to improve my technique. Another question, how, uh, how close to the final shape do you forge your knives? Um, I've heard people say to leave some fat for the grinder, but I've also seen um, some uh, sorry seen some folks forging amazing finished looking pieces that just need a bit of bevel refinement after heat treat on uh, at the edge. Uh, curious what your consensus is. Okay, so first question: West Coast schools. schools. I got nothing. What do you think? I wouldn't have a clue. I was going to try to look something up. I don't know offhand. I know that there was a few places in so in Arizona, Colorado. Yeah, in Arizona, there's the let's see, Desert. Let's see, D- Don Wynn actually has a class coming up right That's now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the shit. I'd have to look it up. Um, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's Desert something. Desert. That's um, is that Rich oh, Greenwood's place? Yeah, Desert Metal Craft. So if you go to Desert Metal Craft, all one word on Instagram, um, they got a link on their website. They're in Arizona. Um, and then there's actually another spot. Roger LeBlat, Roger LeBlat, LeBrash. That's right. Grizzly Forge. He Grizzly has Forge. one in Arizona, yep. too, and he has, like, Nick Rossi come down. Yeah. So I think well, Desert, Desert Metal is in Tucson, and then uh, LeBrash is in uh, Phoenix. And then Travis Wirtz has a hammer in every so often, right? Yeah, he has a hammer in every March, um, and that's kind of a, a small, quaint thing. So you got to try to get in connect in connection with him sooner than later. Um, trying to think, the California—if you check out the California uh, Knife Makers Association—they um, they could probably have some better resources uh, regarding the West Coast. You got to join organizations around there. You have yeah. to find like-minded people, and then that's how. That's like Dustin Sheffield got right. hooked up with a you know a group out there. There's going to be you know look at Abana, go join the ABS. The ABS sure. has uh, links to what people do. The, uh, even um, I mean the Abana has like a resource. When you're a member of Abana, it has a resource of what people are doing in the areas, sure. and they have a lot of times they'll have like who's teaching classes. Right. Well, so, and on the West Coast, that's the NWBA, which is the Northwest Blacksmithing Association. That goes all the way from California up to Washington uh, in Idaho. And I, I don't know the whole region. But um, last person I could think of is Salem Straub, who's not only going to be teaching at the Center for Metal Arts again this year, um, but he offers private lessons at his shop. Um, he's obviously super talented and a great resource. Um, so... That's what I got. Second right part of that then classes. was about um, how close to final shape do you forge? Um, so miraculous is for you. I mean, you're the forger. Let's be honest. 
Uh, 100% record I've got of, yeah, knocking them out quickly. Um, but, uh, <laughs> That's another <laughs> <a> story. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Morocco anyway, come on. Come on now. Um, yes. So, it close? depends on, I mean, it really depends on what kind of effect I'm trying to achieve. If it's going to be a clean mono steel blade with no forge, forge texture or anything, um, I want to leave a little bit of room for grinding because I got to get through all that forge texture. Now, if it's a brute to forge knife, then I want to forge a lot closer to finished dimension. Like these bench knives I just sold recently, I forged them so close to finish dimension and profile that I literally only had to sharpen them. Um, and then, but when it comes to my Damascus, um, again, if you're trying to, if you're, you're wanting the pattern to be all nice and clean, and I think it was last episode or the episode before, we talked about some people playing with some brute mixing brute to forge with Damascus. Actually, Elian LeBlanc uh, does a really exemplary job of doing brute to forge Damascus. Um, but if you want to get through all that decarb and all that forge scale, you again have to account for a little extra meat on the blade. Um, so it really depends on the the effect and the aesthetic that you're trying to achieve. You you see makers like especially people like. Uh, Mike Quisenberry, he forges a Bowie knife, and it looks like it's literally it, it looks like it's already been ground. Or Lin Ray, it, the stuff is so clean. Um, but when you're working with mono steel, um, you can get away with forging a little bit closer to to finish, um, finish dimension. But there's always there's there's a little bit of room that they're still accounting for, a bit of grinding to clean up ricasso areas or down at the heel or or all that kind of stuff. So, um, because you, yeah, there's just there's decarb to account for as well in the finished piece. After all the forging as well as the thermal cycling and the finished heat treating, you want to account for um, any kind of decarburization on the surface of the material, any of the surface that was in contact or exposed to oxygen at high temperatures is going to decarburize, which means carbon is leaving that portion of the material uh, at the surface. And so um, you want, I, I like to give myself like a buffer zone of like 20 um, thousandths of an inch, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it definitely, definitely counts. And, um, but it's still pretty tight. Um, but again, you know, it's, I think it really comes down to experimenting yourself. Honestly, I've, I've taken plenty of blades too far and I'd be like, shit, okay, I guess I got to back it off because, um, I'm not getting through the decarb and it's making some of these, the work look kind of shitty, you know, who's chuckling. Yeah. What's so funny? I was, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, what's funny? Let's hear it. Uh, well, you really want to know is I, yeah. I had to mute the mic cause I had this giant fart. <laughs> and, oh, and all I can think of is I fucking should have just not muted it, and exactly. it was so loud that, that it would have been, been a, hilarious. That would have been a perfect hit in the post with a fucking <laughs> giant fart from Jeff. Dude, yeah. dude, I thought, how rude would it have been if I just let out this enormous fart in the middle of your talk about you done decarb? It. Oh, my and God. Then I, and it started giggling, and I'm sorry. I apologize. It was have you guys... Ruder. Have you guys watched the Beatles documentaries? Get back this week, yeah. I hear it's long. Oh, it's it's incredible. I'm on I'm on my way through watching it the second time. Is it like just, eight hours long? Each one is two and a half hours, and there's three of oh, them. Oh, it's a docu series. Yeah, I it's incredible. That. But that, it just reminded me of one bit in it. So <laughs> that like it's it's, it's crazy to, to see. They come in it like they treat it like a job. They go into the studio. They got this month basically to make Let It Be the album, 
and um, they treat it like a job. Um, so um, they come in at you know nine o'clock, and Ringo's given you know a glass of wine immediately, a glass of white wine. Um, it's, it's just really. But there's this one point where oh. they're all sitting round and they're all talking, they're having a meeting about something, and Ringo doesn't say much at at all. He just gets on with his job. He, yeah, it's quite funny. He just goes, "Ooh, I've just farted." He says, <laughs> "He says, I thought I should tell you because you're going to find out anyway." And they didn't even acknowledge him. They all just stood up and walked away from him. We carried on the meeting, and it just shows him sitting in the corner with a glass of wine and a big smile on his face after a big fart. It's brilliant. I really should let that one farts fly. Yeah. Craig, I'm not taking any more. Or it's going to be a while, I think, before I take more recommendations from you, though, about watching stuff. I watched really? that. What, Maid, what? I watched that Maid series on Netflix. You you suggested oh, that, right? Dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's fucking yeah. heartbreaking through the whole fucking thing. And what it was is. gnarly for me, I I didn't, you know, I just took what you said, and I didn't even really read the caption. My wife and I started watching it, and from episode one, it's just yep. it's rough. It's super rough, but you were like, it was great. And <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is a lot more different than I thought it was going to be. And what was really hard for me is, or and kind of triggering is like that's kind of like the shit that was going on between the maid and her baby daddy. And all. like that was a oh. lot of shit I grew up going through. Wait, oh, what's really? the name of the show and to avoid? <laughs> and what is it about? <laughs> it's, it's called Maid on Netflix. And so it's gritty um, and dark. It's it's oh, it's traumatic. But it, it, I mean, it is very, personally, I think it's very good. But it, it's it is very good. Gritty. But be prepared for like some tough scenes for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not like any gnarly like rape scenes or anything. It's just like people being really fucking shitty to each other. And yeah. there's like a child caught in the middle. Of all of this, and it's 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 hard to watch. Especially you got young kids, or especially if you grew up around that kind of shit, <laughs> yeah, like I did. Well, speaking of tough scenes, maybe we should go into tough scenarios. Okay, that's, let's hear that's it. a segue. <laughs> that's a segue. But before we get into tough scenarios, don't we have something? To, do we have anything? To, no. Well, what are we talking about here? <laughs> am, I, am I missing something? Well, What's... No. Before we talk about the tough scenarios, I just want to tell everybody else, you're sending me in beefs for the All Beef Review. That's the end of the year show. I want you to keep sending them in. Just keep sending in the beefs. It will be an All Beef Review. We do it every year. This will be the fourth annual one. It's my favorite show of the year. End of, end of the year with all your bitchings. And I wanted to give you some examples, quick examples of beefs. You guys are sending in good ones. I want more. Here is a beef. I don't like the way people focus their energy, okay? The way people focus their energy, fighting people on the internet, recreational outrage, fashionable social consciousness, high school dropout free-thinking brain trusts, miter-cut geniuses, lazy boy political scientists, fast food gourmands, <laughs> Facebook pharmacists, YouTube bureaucrats, and toilet seat athletes. You should be focusing your energy on bettering yourself and your family. That's it. Nice. Nice. So that's beef. one. And then other people who, and then here's another beef people who write or say, there, I said it. Like you're planting the flag of dissent and lightning bolts, mountain, mountains crumble, and the world stops spinning. This is a desperate cry for attention in a vacuum of nobody caring. Nobody. Nobody. Hmm. So send in your beefs to the all beef review. There yeah. was a couple, uh, you know, be 
beliefs. So, you know, before we go on to these tricky situations, right. these tricky dilemmas, um, we received a message from Emily, our friend over at uh, Dharma Steel. And do you know they do the, um, the you know, the, the chef invitational where they have an award ceremony for the best knife and so on? They're doing the Dharma Steel Knife of the Year, um, Knife of the Year 2021. Um, so you can have your say. Um, I'll put the link down in the in the description. Um, head on over to dharmasteel.se and search for their Dharma Steel Knife of the Year. Um, and yeah, find out all about that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty cool, I think. Um, and remember, you can also get your discount as well by uh, using Knife Talk on checkout once you have an account at Dharma Steel. So head on over, dharmasteel.se. Um, they make some beautiful, beautiful steels. They sent some nice stuff to the winners of the DCI. Did Hats they really? Cups yeah. and, and awards, and it was a nice gift package. Nice. Could have, you know, three, three, the three they didn't send to. But <laughs> could have. We could have had an award for the best podcast at the I event. Mean, surely, number surely. one. I mean, I, you know, Emily, if you're listening, I mean, you, know, <laughs> you have our addresses. That's mean, all we're saying. <laughs> you have our addresses. You know, you know, a little cup here. Okay. Let's, go Let's have some tricky dilemmas. I wouldn't be mad about it. Fine. Okay, here's tough scenarios and dilemmas answered honestly or phony. The first one comes from our friend Leonard, uh, Leonardo Lee. I have a dilemma. I got a lot of handyman work. He does a handyman work every so often. A neighbor got me to fix a few things for him, which I did. Oh, right. So, so he's not a gigolo. Him. He's not a gigolo. He, he, he means, like, literally <laughs> no, just, that's you know. not a euphemism for, like, jerking someone off, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> the handyman. That's, that's a that's a Randy man. <laughs> hey man, hey, can I get a handyman? <laughs> Starting off strong. Okay, <laughs> that's not what it means. Ah, a, a neighbor got me to fix a few things for him, which I did, and I built him. 60 pounds. Uh, what's the fuck? Wait, I don't know if that's pounds or euros. I'll say it's pounds. I think he's he very British, around, isn't he, Leonardo? He then came around and gave me 50 pounds. Oh, wait, so I built him 60 pounds, and he came around and gave me 50 pounds. <laughs> Months later, uh, he asked me to do some other things. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing now. <laughs> what other things? <laughs> uh, I have a problem. Uh, months later, he asked me to do a few other things, and then I build it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Leonardo. Uh, uh, then I build him a hundred pounds. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got, I got problems. I get tears streaming down my face. I fucking cried. This poor bastard. Uh, then he get, uh, all right. Then he did a few other things. I built him a hundred pounds, and he only gave me seventy pounds. Do I ever work for him again, or raise my prices considerably and make him pay in advance? P.S. I've already decided not to work for him. So let's see what you guys think. Well, obviously the guy sounds like some kind of jerk, anyway. So, <sighs> like, yeah, what I the fuck is that? People do you, that. <laughs> if, if you're billing somebody, they need to pay you the billed amount. So you just you just say, hey, you're short here. What's going on? I um, I told you this story that like, the guy showed up with his family. He's picking up the knife, and he palmed me the money yes. with his oh, whole yeah. family. And then I counted the money, and he was fucking short. Two people have fucking done that to me. What do you do? You say something in front of the whole family? Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Come on. Fucking fuck these people. I hate people who are, who are doing I wouldn't that. be giving fuck. another handy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't want another handy, man. <laughs> a handy man. Give me a handy man. 
Yeah, I think I you, um, you stop doing yeah, work you gotta, for them. Yeah. Oh, you, you make them pay in advance. Um, oh yeah, I, you gotta let think, them know. You gotta. Let I them think know. that's what prostitutes do anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's like the normal service. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a handy woman, handy man. <laughs> okay, this one comes from C- I, and Leonardo. I'm sorry, I read that in a way, and it just I'm back to the fart, man. I I, I just you know, I can't help. Um, CN knives. All right, here's another dilemma. You're at a hammer in. And your most favorite, uh, and your most favorite and looked up to maker is there. Your hero is there. He or she is about to do a demo, which would include you and a few other makers. It's a dream come true. Right before you start, you try to squeeze out a fart and accidentally shit a little. Now, do you stay with the poo in your pants and live out your dreams of forging with your favorite maker, or do you dip out to the bathroom to fix your pants? Note that if you go to the bathroom and miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So. There's other concerns here if you're just shitting yourself. (laughs) What? What are the other concerns? (laughs) I mean, change your diet, a bit of roughage, maybe some bran, maybe. I I don't know. That doesn't happen often, does it? Like, out of nervousness? No. I know it's the phrase. No, I shit myself. Um, But, um. I don't know. I've never been close. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But what you do in that situation, you've got to go clean your... You can't stand oh, yeah, next yeah. to somebody. You, you, you got shit you in your pants. Because oh. all of a sudden, they're going to think, who stinks? This fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. got to duck out. Yeah, that would be the concern. At first, I was wondering, oh, maybe, like, it depends on how much you shit in your pants, but <laughs> you don't want to be that guy... That smells like fucking shit. Because that could, oh, you know, that could close down just, opportunities for anything ever in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Never fortune with that guy again. He smells like shit. Yeah. Okay. Any more? Yes, I have a couple more. Uh, actually, I have one that I starred. I'm trying to find um, it. Uh, um. Quality content, this folks. <laughs> this one comes from Nolly Nolly Knife Company. My dilemma this week was absent-mindedly wiping a chef knife off on my pants while wet sanding, and now I'm I was too late, and I was wearing cargo pants with an exposed zipper on the side, and I had to start my 2,000 grit finish all over again. Oh, oh, jeez, oops, yeah. So, don't. That. Is that beef more than a dilemma, I suppose? Right. Yeah, I didn't really think that one through. Um, okay, last, last. Oh, this one, here's, here it is. Sun Disc Knives. Here's a tough scenario um, that I find myself in, in a, uh, a bit. He finds himself in this scenario a bit. I'm a part-time hobby maker. About one and a half years ago, my wife and I moved overseas for her work. I'm now on leave with my full-time job. And I'm still making knives part-time when not caring for two kids. I'm not trying to make a living, but I do sell knives from time to time to cover my costs. I have several close friends in small expat communities where we live and have given them chef knives as gifts. Several new people have joined the community and constantly remark about how nice nice my knives are um, and then that they'd like them or they would like one. I tell them my price, which is very modest, under $200 for an 8-inch chef knife from AEBL with local stabilized woods. 
Jeez. Initially, they're all fine with the prices, but now it seems like many of them are waiting for me to offer them a free one as a gift. <laughs> While I'm friendly to them, they aren't <laughs> friends. How do I tell them that they won't be getting a free knife and they need to buy one if they want one? So somebody wants the fucking friend special. I think um, you don't tell them. You just don't make them one unless they fucking pay you. And yeah. $200 is insanely reasonable for right. a knife like that. I think you just say to them, look, I'm, you know, out of the blue, you know, not when this conversation is brought up. Just mention the fact that you you know you want to give this a go and you want this to be a business and, you know, you're looking for, you know, new customers, that kind of thing. I think they're reasonably priced. I think it's go well. And just see what the reaction is. Um, and, you know, if they are friends, they'd want to support you in your sort of endeavors anyway. And maybe they'll say, oh, hey, hey, look, I'll buy one. And if they don't, then you know that they're not willing to willing to pay anyway. So then just, you know, just don't make them one. Maybe. Sounds like a maybe a good role-playing exercise. What do you think? So yeah. who are you in this situation? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the shithead friend. You're the shithead friend. Okay. So y- you call me up. Call I'm me up. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. Hello, reasonably priced knives. How can I help you? Hey, Craig. It's me, Jeff. How are you? Jeff. Which which Jeff? Which? Je- <laughs> Jeff Bader. Come on, man. Ah, that one. I know the one. I, oh, yeah, I know the one. Yes. yes. Listen, How are you? Christmas is coming up, and you're my man. You're my man. And I, and I wanted to get a knife for my wife. Yeah. I love oh, your nice. knives. I want one of your knives. But, like, can you help me out on the price? Well, <laughs> excuse me. What's, what's, what's your budget? What, what are we looking at here? I've got, know, a, few, I've got a few orders on the go, so I might be able to squeeze you in. I you know, 75 like bucks? Like oh. it, it Come on, man. Honestly, it wouldn't be worth my time. Honestly, I've got, I've got orders coming out of everywhere. I, I need to, you know. But, I mean, after I all mean, we've been through, don't you yeah. remember that time I covered for you? Is that when I shit myself at that event? <laughs> I mean, it, don't you remember that room filled with bananas? That <laughs> 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 I, I covered for you, man. I mean, no, I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you what. Bunch of orders on the go at the moment. They're all, they're all two hundred and fifty bucks for these knives. I can do you one for two hundred, and I'll manage to fit you in before Christmas. All That's right, hundred dollars. How we Perfect. Come on, man. <laughs> You're like Mr. Big Shot now. You're, you're trying to like get me on. You know, come on, man. Remember we it's used to go to school it's a together. Business. Come. On. I mean, what what happens when somebody comes into your place of work? You know, they don't they don't they don't try and you know get a, a discount from you. I'm trying trying to you know you you know I've got kids. This, I'm, I'm a handy man. People are. <laughs> people are people I tell are you what. To, people are trying to give me. I'm trying to give handies at a reasonable price. A hundred bucks and, and a handy once a month for the next year, and we got a deal. All right, there you go. You see, that's go. how you. That's how you do it. You know. Never split the difference. I'm a handy split man. The difference. <laughs> there you go. Ah, that's good. That's good. I tell you, what, let's just do a couple more questions, um, and maybe we'll duck out a bit earlier this week. I'm struggling to breathe here. Um, what we got? Matt the Wangle. Um, question for Craig. Is there a system or a company set up that could recycle all those cutoffs from stock removal knife makers? If not, why not? Uh, I imagine a steel supplier like Sandvik or New Jersey Steel Baron could include something to return intact scraps um, that could ultimately be collected and made new. Um, well, I know Sandvik are incredible with the recycling steel. So eighty, I believe it's 87% of their steels that they ship 
are made from recycled uh, steels. Um, in my situation, I, I get all my blades now laser cut. Um, so, you know, when they're designed, when I, when I set up the, the job on the, on the cutters, um, I make sure they're nested as, as closely as possible so there's very little scrap. Um, but I use a place called Eurotechni, um, which, is, which is in France. And I know whatever is left of that, of, you know, where they've nested that those, you know, those cutouts that are left, um, they do go back to Sandvik and they are recycled. So it does happen, um, but whether that's you know effective locally for you wherever you are, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe New Jersey Steel Baron do something. I don't know. But don't um, so. <laughs> excuse me. I'd say what you what you may be better off is um, finding somebody who. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's going to be so little. I don't think for most places it would be worth their while doing. Um, simply, but you know, by the time you ship it back and all stuff, you know, you, you should be getting very little scrap anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's all I can tell you. I'm afraid. What about you guys? I mean, Jeff, when you buy your steel in strips, I believe, don't you? So right. you love like two inch strips, so you can just cut out from there. I save all the scraps. I right. always I have like a bucket filled of, you know, stainless and a bucket filled with carbon steel. I always think I'm going to do something with it. <clears throat> I'm always I always think that I could do something with it. You know, at some point maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll get into like canister Damascus and I just shove it all in there or mm, I don't know. Yeah. I, there's for some reason I think that, you know, or if I wanted to get into like uh locking mechanisms that I there this small thin pieces would be good bit. for locking yeah. locking mechanisms for like a slip joint folder. So I'm always just like afraid to throw things out anyway. But it's not enough. I don't have that much scrap that it would be worth <sighs> taking it to a scrapyard. I would get like yeah. you know two dollars, you know ten, maybe like five or ten dollars. But maybe I can use it down the line. Sure. Yeah, exactly. The biggest I'm, problem I found, especially when I was moving shop this week and completely emptying my shop out. It's just belts, old, and we talked about it so many times, old belts. I have dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of them, you know, to, just to throw out. You know, somebody's got to come up with something for these belts because it's become a bit of a problem, really. I'm creating a giant cocoon in my shop that's uh, tarping <laughs> over, that's tarping over Cliff Cliff Dufton's lathe. I've like. The, his lathe is, is in some sort of like chrysalis stage right now <laughs> with all the belts covering it. That's hilarious. It's going to like transform into something. I'm hoping it's going to transform into an Anyang. I've, I've um, been holding yeah, on. Yeah, I mean. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go on. Go on, Marco. Sorry. I was just saying, I, I've been holding on to my steel scraps um, because oft, often there are some that are that could, especially if they're Damascus, a lot of the stuff. Um, I'm working with this Damascus. Um, they can be forged o- into um, either like blanks for smaller blades, or they can be ground into um, you know pleasing shapes for that could become earrings or pendants and stuff like that. When it comes to mono steel, there are depending on the thickness of the material, uh, I, I, that determines if I keep it or not. Um, but it, if it's thick enough, then I I kind of keep it so it could become maybe a what is it kiridashi, a kiridashi or mm-hmm. or sometimes they're large enough that they could be you know forged or stock removed into a like a straight razor, but yeah, um, ideally someday I'd like to be able to melt it down into my own little ingot and forge 
forge out my own ingots of steel. I think that would be pretty cool and fun to, it would be a huge pain in the ass, but it'd be a lot of fun to do. Um, yeah, but other than that, yeah, I, I don't really know, unless there are makers out there who are interested in collecting um, material for recycling and repurposing into melting their own ingots. Like I think the best use for them is to turn them into jewelry or other small things or just recycle it. Just recycle. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Let me tell you about Texas Fire Supply. TexasFarriersupply.com. And they sell everything for the knife maker or the farrier for that matter. Um, go take a look at all this stuff. Um, they've got lots and lots, including RhinoWet by Indassa. Um, all the grits that you'd ever need. We use Indassa RhinoWet because it's, it's the best stuff out there for hand sanding. So go take a look. TexasFarriersupply.com. And if you use Knife Talk, I believe it's Knife Talk 10, you get 10% off um, your order there. So TexasFarriersupply.com. Go check them out. Okay, Jeff, you've got a question there. This one comes from Sharp on Socks. Question, I'm listening to the first episodes of Knife Talk, and Jeff, you said you were interested in integral bolsters and pocket knives. The internet never forgets. If you would write a letter to yourself in five years, what are the things you'd want to see then, all of you? What, do you, what are you going to write hmm. to? You're five years down the line. What are you going to tell yourself? So five-year, <laughs> basically like five-year goals, things yes. you hope to achieve or make in the next five years? Yes. Sure. Okay. Hmm. For me, I think it would be to do everything in-house. Um, just mentioned that I get my all my uh, sort of blanks cut out, laser cut out. Um, that is That can be a huge, huge problem because there's minimum orders – and they can take sometimes they can take months as well when when times are busy. We need to plan ahead a lot. Um, so I'd like to think that within five years I'd maybe be able to do that myself. Um, and the way machinery is sort of evolving, and you know these big industrial machines are becoming more and more sort of not domesticated, but they they're coming at a, at a cost which is far far cheaper as more and more people are making. Um, I'd like to think that within five years I could have a machine in my shop that doesn't cost hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, where I could, you know, laser cut up blanks quickly, obviously very, very accurately. Um, and I could, you know, I could make amendments to designs, you know, quickly, get them done. You know, it, that would be the dream for me. And that way I'm not relying on anybody else. I'm not waiting months and months for orders to come into me. Um, and I could play around a bit more too, because I don't have to, you know, put up these huge minimum order quantities uh, to get things my way. Would that, that, that's my dream. Are you having? A, would you have a hard time getting large sheet stock sent to you, or how would you do no. that? No, no, very easily actually. Um, I said, I'm, I'm quite fortunate that you know Tiers is is quite local to here, which is oh yeah, dozens and dozens of factories making knives. So getting the material is is actually quite easy. Um, Sandvik have a like an official distributor there, um, so I, I can get huge sheets of Sandvik to me overnight quite easily. Wow. Yeah, nice goal. Five years. That'd be the dream. Um, Mareko, yourself in five years, where do you see yourself? Well, and I could see real quick on yours, bringing everything in-house. You don't have to fuck with goddamn Tom. That was Tom, right? Tom. That's Tom. Tim. Tim? Tim. 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 Oh, I don't fuck Tim. with Tim anymore. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> no, Tim's, Fuck Tim. No. Tim's gone. I don't life. fuck with Tim anymore. No. I don't <laughs> fuck with Tim anymore. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, one of my five-year goals is to get a power hammer in my shop, actually. I'd love to get uh, a power hammer around 100 pounds um, just to help with um, knife uh, – or, sorry, Damascus forging and 
and my blade forging. Um, in the next five years, I'm hoping to get a piece. I would love to get a piece into a museum. I've I've kind of hinted at it over the last, um, probably last year or so, um, but I've been working on replicating some ancient um, weapons that haven't been replicated in almost 2,000 years, and I'm hoping wow. to get um, get something put together possibly soon in the next couple months. And, and yeah, so I, I need to figure out, I might have to get hold of West Knives up in Denmark and talk to him or um, about some of the, the museums up there. Um, Cause some of these, these, their swords are, are represented up there and were found in Denmark. And so it's about connecting with those, the right people about trying to get that work into those museums and basically side by side with the histor actual historical pieces. So next five years, I'd like to nice. get a piece in a museum, wow. which would be pretty fucking rad. Very cool. Yeah. Jeffrey, five years from now. <coughs> well, you know, <coughs> I want their volume. I want volume to be massively h higher. And I, I see, I see that being on the way. I'm not, we're having we're having talks with people in regards to kind of <clears throat> building the volume up, which is what I want. More be me being able to do more kind of colorful full stuff, and then I pocket knives are still in there. I I I don't. I just want. I want. I've been wanting a pocket knife forever. I I have I have one that I made a while ago that I like. Um, but and then I'm doing these friction folders. But the friction folders aren't something I want to sell. The, the, the yeah. forge stuff is kind of almost like the friction folders and tongs and stuff is kind of like what I like to teach, but I don't think I'd want, I just don't, I separate them out from Vader knives. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, w I still want to do a, I'd love to have a, a pocket knife. With teaching, do you see yourself doing more teaching for the next five years? You know, the teaching is interesting because I like doing it. It makes me better at understanding what I'm doing. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, going down to the Center for Metal Arts this this uh, spring. I actually just had uh, Pat Quinn on the Full Blast podcast, and we talked about the new classes. and And I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to going to Dragon's Breath Forge again. I like the teaching. I like it. It makes it gives me some energy in a different way. It gives mm -hmm. me energy in a different way, and I really like preparing for it. I really like. But I don't see it the same. You know, one of the things is, like, I have, I have old teachers who taught people how to make their stuff. Like, Fred Chris once taught a class on making his sculpture and said to people, just don't make my sculpture. And it was like, well, they're going to make your sculpture. And, th and there were people who were just basically making his sculpture. And I don't want that. I don't want to just make the stuff that I want to kind of separate out the stuff I do for teaching versus what I do for Vader Knives. I can see myself doing more teaching um, to further my education, but that's about it. I'm not, like, searching it out. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Why don't um, – I'm struggling here by the minute. Um, I'm going rapidly downhill. Why don't you guys tell everybody about the grinders that you use? I mean, they're broadback. They're, they're the best grind. I mean, for me – they're one of the best grinders that are in the market right now, and it's it's the grind it's my go-to grinder in my shop, and it's it's an incredible machine. It's super flexible. It's built by knife makers for knife makers. It's like having multiple machines just in one, 
um, all, the, all the different tool arms, um, the fact that it lays over uh, horizontally as well as working in a standard vertical position. Um, it's a really great machine. You know, what do you think about it, Jeff? Dynamite. It's my number one machine, and I love the parts. I love the adjustment. I love the flexibility. I love the attachments. It's definitely a great machine in those, and Vince and Ryan are doing a great job. And if you go and put in Knife Talk, you can get the upgrade to the Moreco Platin, which is a dynamite uh, deep dish platen that's great for all your handle sculpting and carving and grinding and Get yourself that Broadback, uh, BroadbackIronworks.com. Put in the promo code Knife Talk for the upgrade to the Mareco Platinum. BroadbackIronworks.com. There we go. There we go. What do you think, guys? Is that a show, do you think? If you're not feeling well, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's <laughs> do that. Thank you all for listening. We shall speak to you soon. This show is brought to you by the... There we go. Are you there okay? It's just my nose is streaming. Sure. And yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm very much aware there wasn't yeah. much energy in that show from me. That's okay. Look, yeah. you're not feeling well. It's Christmas yeah. season. How are you gonna How are you gonna feel better for Christmas? Yeah, you gotta go Ugh. caroling, right? Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I know. Christmas starts tomorrow for us. Um, we get the Christmas tree and we uh, try and make it all Christmassy for the kids. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I just hope I'm just feeling a little bit better. Today has been like the worst of all days. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, will, will you be in the new house for Christmas? Oh no, geez, no, no. Um, we're looking for um, mid February. Oh, oh wow! I know. Jesus Christ, yeah. how much work they have to do over there? Oh, <laughs> you won't believe unbelievable amounts. But um, the, the where we are now, the, the, this house we're renting is literally. I can see the house from the window here. Um, oh wow. Super close. So we're we're virtually right on site, you know, uh, which is which is a blessing and and not at the same time because we got you know, workmen traipsing trip, over for cups of tea and cups of coffee every ten minutes, you know, because it's so cold here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's it's good, it's good. We'll be we'll we'll definitely be in mid February. Um, at the point now, you know, picking kitchens and all that, all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, it's, it's exciting, but it's oh, I just wish I wasn't feeling so you know, shitty all the time. And it just sure. seems to be all the time lately. Do you have a gig coming up or are you closed out for this season? No, uh, December 19th is the one where we, you know, Christmas lights and all that. And, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Mm. Yeah, I'm just feeling a bit sorry for myself today. That's all it is. So anyway, this Beatles documentary, even if you're not a Beatles fan, you've got to get on it, honestly. It's incredible. It's 50 years old and... It looks as if it is like super, super HD. The colors are all like amazing. It's like I'm, I'm telling everybody, it's, it's not a documentary about them. It's literally you're with them because they don't do anything. They're, they're basically in t- well, they've got two different rooms because they change halfway throughout. They're just in a room, and there's no like voiceover. You know, Paul now goes to make a cup of coffee. It's, it's nothing like that. It's literally just there, and you're just spending the time with them while they're coming up with these songs. It's incredible, and it it turns out McCartney is the powerhouse. They're all just looking to him in complete and utter awe, and he's just rattling off these songs, and they can't keep. He's five steps ahead of them all the time. It's incredible. It's wow. incredible just to watch it. It's incredible. Mm. You guys seen anything good lately? I'm desperate need for t- for TV recommendations. So I'm not doing anything else. Did you see Tiger King two yet? 
Oh no, no. I I, I really regret saying it, <clears throat> but the first few episodes are not really about fucking. They're not really. They're they're about the the disappearance of the husband. And oh, Carol. Because he's still in prison, isn't he? So I'm, I, get, I don't know. I haven't. I stopped. You know what the funny thing is? Is my wife and daughter went to go do something at mm. night. I don't remember what they went to do, but I was like, I'm gonna watch it while they're not here. <laughs> as soon as they came back, I turned it off like I was watching pornography or something like that. <laughs> Dirty. And, and it was like, and it was. I was humiliated, but I was just like, fuck it. I'm a grown ass man. I'll watch this fucking Tiger King. And it it was a little bit more like it was a little bit less junkyard dog shit. It was a little bit more about the interviewing, trying to figure out what happened to the husband, and that right, was interesting. Okay. So, and it wasn't as trashy as I was expecting it to be. More so I crime stopped drama now. Well, I mean, it was like almost like true crime to a certain degree. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting because I guess that fucking dude who died was not the greatest of dudes. So mm-hmm. it was really like. He was kind of a suspicious individual, you know. Oh, right. Okay. Weirdness right. down in Costa Rica, and like, there's like, it's 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 this 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 whole cold goddamn story is the most bizarre thing in the you know in the world. Mm. So I was watching it a little bit of crazy. that, mm-hmm. and then uh, my wa- my wife and daughter like the British Bake Off. Ah, right. With, so the, I, I, that finished this week or last week, I think, didn't it? The winner. Are they? Are the two people supposed to be funny? Ever funny? Like there's always two <laughs> characters. There's two characters, and they went from two. They went from Women. two lesbians, which is they're fine. not lesbian. One one's a lesbian. One fine, isn't. but they were never funny, and now they have t- two people who are super duper never funny. It's, it's very like... British. It's a very, <laughs> a very British thing. So the original two um, women uh, were Mel and Sue. And they had like a TV, di- you know, show and you know, a daytime show that kind of thing. They were very much sort of, you know, for the mums. Um, but Noel Fielding, who's the new one, and Matt Lucas, they're almost like alternative comedians here in the UK. And Noel Fielding is, he, which he one is, is that one? That the, the bald one? No, the one who looks like a like a vampire. Oh, you know, the, the dark hair and the yeah. He he does He's... this show called The Mighty Boosh. And it's like the most left field out there thing. It's it's very very good. It's almost like a modern Monty Python. I, I just don't believe you. I just don't believe seriously, you. Seriously, it's seriously, he's... and it, it was such a weird choice when they said he's going to be because it's it's probably like the biggest show in the UK, really. You know, you know, not that I'm into it, but um, it really is a, a huge deal over here. Um, so when they announced that he was doing it, everybody's like, really? How? What? What? But um. He's obviously having to tone it down for that family audience, you know. He um, looks he, nervous. He, he looks like he, he knows is crazy. He be there. He is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, there's nothing about bacon. Um, he's like, he's like, all tree. He's. It's almost as if they put him out there, and he's like trying to like hide behind himself. Like he's yeah. like <laughs> trying to shrink because he's so strange looking. And neither one of them are funny at all. I mean, at all. We watch, we, the girls watch, I walk in, I'm like, they are never funny. I have not one yeah. even close to laugh. They're not, they're not funny on that, but when they do their own thing. Um, so the other guy, uh, Matt Lucas, who's the bald guy, uh, he used to be in the show uh, called Shooting Stars with Vic and Bob. Again, very sort of British comedy, and I, I loved it. And I, even now, Vic and Bob, I think they're comedy legends. And he was their like their sidekick on this show. He would, then went on to do um, another show called Little Britain, 
um, which I'm not sure if he made it to the States. And it was just like a piss take of, you know, average British people. And he was, you know, they're, they're funny in their own way, but it was such a weird choice for them to be on Bake Off and they can't be themselves on it. And it, what is it, this fucking very strange. Hollywood all about? What has he done in his oh, life? It's so great. Exactly. He just he's seems a, like a such a, a prick. Bit of a prick, yeah. As if his handshake is like the ultimate like gesture. Of the, uh, yeah. <laughs> you it's know a very, my wife it's a very weird show. Said, my wife... <laughs> My wife, my wife says this all the time, and I laugh every time. He was biting something, and he goes, "That's a tough biscuit." So she, so she walks around the house saying, "Oh, that's a tough old biscuit," or "You're a tough old biscuit." So a tough old, that's a tough old biscuit was is one of our favorite things that my wife says with this terrible accent. But I don't think yeah. they're ever. It's funny, a it's ever. a weird show. It's ever yeah, very strange show. Uh, Marekko, what are you watching? Oh. Uh, I've been watching lighthearted stuff mostly lately. Uh, we watched, what was it? Uh, Red Notice, which is a, a new rock movie that came out on Netflix. Oh, I did see that, yes. Uh, yeah. With Gal Gadot and like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's good. It's entertain- definitely entertaining. Um, I've kind of been making friends with The Rock's stunt man, um, and so just oh, well. been chatting with him about back and forth, and it was cool to watch. It was, it was interesting. It was different watching the stunts. Um, or paying more attention to the stunts, knowing that I know the person doing the stunts. Um, mm. So that was it's been cool watching that. And then uh, what did we watch? We watched uh, Jungle. Oh, whilst, whilst whilst you're talking about that and with Kevin Hart in it, have you seen True Story? The new I Kevin have Hart not show? seen it yet. It looks it oh. looks interesting. It's good. Is it funny? Very very. Um, Is that another rough it's one? Not a comedy. The first the first <laughs> episode. There's there's some funny bits, but it's not a comedy. But he's basically playing himself. He's playing a comic from Philadelphia who's huge, and all the struggles. Like it's it's very very good. Very sure. like I watched them all in two days. What's it on? Like, very good. Netflix. Um, Netflix or, or Apple TV. I think it's Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Very very good. And you'll be hooked from the first episode when that finishes. It's one of those ones. Where, oh, you sure? The next one. I am <laughs> sure. I am positive you will not regret it. It's right. very What's it good. Called? True stories. True stories. Oh. I watched that fucking one episode of that fucking Cowboy Bebop. Ugh. What's that? It's just, it's, it's, it was, I guess it was a cartoon that they made into a live action thing. I remember I watching the cartoon. These, it was good. I don't listen to these people. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. I, I don't trust people. I really don't trust. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm coming out. I save all the Curb Your Enthusiasms for Friday, so I'll watch a Curb tonight. <clears throat> Boba Fett. I'm looking forward to Boba Fett. That's coming out, right? No? Yep. The Book of Boba Fett. That's coming out. That'll be good. Couple you don't weeks. like that? You don't like that? No. Uh... no. I'm not into, like... You're not the Star, You're not a Star Wars guy? Fiction stuff. Wow. No, not really. Mandalorian no. was good. It was very good. I hate to... I hate to... Bra- I mean, I, I'm, I, too, like my science and fiction separated, but that was pretty fucking good. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> right. On that note... I'm off. I'm All right, handyman. <laughs> Feel better. Right. Speak to you all soon. All Bye right. for now. Bye-bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.